0: So for the marathon, my goal was to start slow and just finish strong. I've just done a PB and a half. I don't have to have any crazy expectations for my first full. I'm just going to try to run a nice, even pace the whole time. And I did want to run sub 430.
1: That was Sarah Morrison. And this is episode 118 of the Inspired Souls podcast.
2: Hi, I'm Carolyn and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim. And I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life.
1: Sarah Morrison is a 40 year old phys ed teacher and busy mom of two from Winnipeg, Manitoba. She took up running as a convenient way to stay fit in her early 30s after her second child was born and quickly fell in love with the half-marathon distance. Sarah never had much interest in running a marathon back then, but thought if there was ever a time to do it, it would be for her 40th birthday in 2022. And since her birthday's in November, the obvious choice was the New York City Marathon. When she didn't get in through the lottery, Sarah decided to partner with the charity Cure Epilepsy, which is near and dear to her heart, and went on to raise over $5,000 for that cause. Sarah knew she would benefit from some support with her training, so she reached out to me for coaching last spring. In this episode, she tells us about the many highs and lows she faced during the training cycle, as well as two incredibly stressful events that happened in the days leading up to the November 6th race, which was forecast to be one of the hottest and most humid days in New York city marathon history. I actually think my palms are still sweating from these stories, but somehow Sarah managed to collect herself and run one of the smartest, most textbook first marathons I have ever seen. So without further delay, let's get right into it with Sarah Morrison. Well, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you here tonight. Thanks so much for having me. We are really excited, really looking forward to this conversation We and have been for a while. You ran the New York City Marathon on November 6th of this year. It was your very first marathon and it was one of the hottest, the most humid years on record. So we're going to dig into all of that with you tonight. But first, let's get to know you a little bit better. Um, Who is Sarah Morrison? Where are you coming at us from tonight? And what do you do outside of running?
0: I live in Winnipeg, and I'm a teacher. I teach K-5 to phys ed, I'm a busy mom. I have two kids that are uh, 11 and 13 who play a ton of sports. So I pretty much just teach. And then after that, I drive them to sports.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can totally relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. So, Sarah, why don't you tell us now how you discovered running in the first place?
0: Okay. So after I had kids, I always played a lot of sports and I went to the gym. And then after I had kids, it was just convenient to just be able to go for a run and not have to drive to the gym and go at a certain time for a class. I can just put the kids Mm -hmm. for a nap and run out the door. So I started running because of that. And I uh, played soccer and volleyball and then after I had kids, but then I had to miss out on family time. So I kind of just thought, you know what, I'm not going to play soccer anymore. I can run before they wake up, get my exercise then. And then I still had my evenings to go to the park or do whatever we were doing in the evening. So yeah just for mm-hmm. just
1: for exercise and convenience
2: that's the best thing about running
1: a hundred percent, yeah, and this was when your kids were really young, like yes. about just over a decade ago. and so tell us a little bit about so you just took it up for convenience and and fun and fitness to complement some of the other sports that you were doing. but when did running races come on your radar? Do you remember kind of the first time you signed up for a race and did one? How long
0: was that? So I had my son and I started running. My son was born in March and I started running right away. And my friend was running the Manitoba and I, and I wouldn't be ready for that, but I did the relay. So I did a leg of the relay. I think it was about four miles. um, And then I was hooked and I would just do this loop and then I would get faster. And then I started adding a longer one. So then I signed up for the police half the following year. So about a year after my son was born, I did the police half. And then I did the Manitoba a month later, and I just started signing up for all the halves after that.
1: So you went from four miles on the relay team to, like, the half marathon, and then it was half marathons from then on?
0: Yes, and then I was just like, give me all the halves. Right,
1: right. I learned this year, you have done every single rendition of the WFPS run here in the fall, that half marathon. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I've done them all. Yeah, so now I have to do them all forever.
1: Like
2: since the race started. Yes. Wow.
0: It was right around when I started running was the first annual, and then I did the second one, and then and then it became a thing. Well, I have to do them all, and
2: that's amazing. Wow. I
0: hope I can keep that going.
2: Yes,
1: for sure. So, what is it about the half then that you like so much?
0: I think it's just it's doable, right? Like it doesn't take a lot of your lifestyle you can, you know, go for a half an hour run in the mornings, maybe a bit longer on the weekends, but you don't, it doesn't take a ton of training and you can still show up on race day and do well and not die.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm on that because it's like long enough that you do kind of have to train. Like, could you right. get up off the couch and do it? Maybe if you have a decent amount of athletic background, but like, it's long enough that you have to Probably follow some sort of a regimen in order to get you to the finish line, feeling good and wanting to do it again, but not long enough that it consumes your whole lifestyle, right? Like all your waking hours that you're not working and doing your other things. Okay. I like that. So that's probably the perfect segue into why then in the world did you sign up for a marathon? Like tell us how you ever got to um, having the New York City marathon on your radar and what circumstances led you to getting into that.
0: Well, shortly after I started running, I turned 30. And then I had done probably five halves kind of right away. And everyone's like, oh, are you going to do a full? Are you going to do a full? And I'm like, never. And then I started saying, maybe when I turn 40, I'll do a full. And I knew the New York marathon was in November and my birthday's in November. So I thought I'll do that for my 40th birthday. And I kind of said that when I was turning 30. And then I was always in the back of my mind, and then all of a sudden I'm 40, so <laughs> I <laughs> thought I better do it, and uh, I'm really glad I did.
1: Yeah, you're like, wow, that crept up pretty fast. Like, totally. didn't I just, <laughs> and now I'm turning 40? Like, I better get on this. So, um, for those that may not know, what are you can't just like walk up to the start line in the New York City Marathon and say, "I'm here." Like, there's a huge process to getting. In like, what was the process like for you?
0: So you can apply through the lottery, and I, I believe it's only about eleven percent of people that get in, mm-hmm. and I could be wrong. It's mm-hmm. around it's there, tough. maybe seven to eleven. And so I did not get in through the lottery, but I knew you could run through a charity, and that was always kind of my plan if I didn't get in through the lottery. So, um, I, as soon as the day I didn't get in, I just. Really quickly, call, I already had a charity in mind that I was running for. So I messaged them and they got back to me right away and got the ball rolling. And I was paid to register for a charity and I was in. So, which charity was that? I ran for Cure Epilepsy. So it's uh, a charity that fundraises towards epilepsy research and they're trying to find a cure instead of just finding treatments for it. Um, And it's started by parents that just weren't happy with the results their kids were getting. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so my daughter was diagnosed with epilepsy in 2019. So yeah, it's near and dear to my heart. And we're hoping that she grows out of it. But we don't know yet. It's well managed with medication. So we're just waiting year after year and see what happens.
1: (laughs) And so they just you knew you wanted to run for them because they were already listed as a charity partner. And you you knew that that was a cause important to you? Or was did you pick the charity first and then be like, Oh, cool, I could run the New York City marathon with this charity? How did that work?
0: No, after I was looking um, on the New York City um, website, they list all their charities. So I quickly just put epilepsy to see what came up. And Cure Epilepsy was a registered charity for the New York Marathon. So then I contacted them. And okay. yeah, so that's how I chose.
1: Okay, so you've got yourself in, you've got yourself registered, you've set up with the charity, you're starting to fundraise. So what was the minimum fundraising commitment with the charity? Was there a minimum you had to raise?
0: Yeah, so minimum was 2000 And I think that is the New York minimum. So some charities you have to raise more, but I think uh, 2000 is the New York mar- min- minimum. <laughs>
1: And now I happen to know that you didn't just raise the minimum. In the end, (laughs) what did you raise for um, Cure Epilepsy?
0: Uh, Over $5,000.
1: Wow. Amazing. Slow clap. Way to go. That's (laughs) awesome. Honestly,
0: I feel like... I didn't do much. I put it out there on social media and so many people that I know from like my childhood and friends of my daughter, like my daughter's friend's parents and so many Mm. people were so generous. It was like emotional and overwhelming how generous Mm. people were. Um, I'm still, we're still kind of in shock. So yeah. yes, very yeah.
1: special well, <laughs> circle back because that's going to become important um, as you're running the race, but we'll just kind of go step by step in a chronological order here. So you're, you're in, you're registered, you're set up with a charity, then what, like what time of the year did you know that you were in and how much time did you have until race day?
0: So it was the end of March when I, didn't get in that was when they did the drawing because I was I was on a ski trip and so then the next day I emailed and and I got in within a week so the beginning of April mm-hmm. okay. and then I messaged a coach coach Carolyn um mm-hmm. <laughs> I had heard about you from City Park Runners so I messaged you just kind of saying I'm running New York and it was kind of a you know we can chat and see if we're a good fit for each other and I wasn't thinking about how long I would need to train. I just thought, okay, I'll just do this now. And then yeah. when I spoke to you, you're like, too many people start training for a marathon too late. Like we should start now. And I didn't, I didn't think that. And I'm so glad that uh, we met and we started earlier because I, I'm so grateful that I didn't just do it in three or four months. I wouldn't have had the same
2: enjoyment for sure. So I'm sorry, I might have missed it. When is the New York City Marathon? What's the date? November sixth. So the first Sunday in November. And you started training in April? Yeah, about mid-April. Okay. So that's approximately, what, seven months? No, six months? A six-month training cycle? Yeah, six and a half.
1: Yeah. Did you take out the taper period? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Exactly. And and actually it's funny. I Kim, do you remember we just had this conversation? I think it was in our base training episode with Dwayne Scotty where we're like, hire your coaches early people. Early, you know? yeah. because it's so true. Like so many people come like just in that twenty weeks or 16 weeks before the marathon is like here I am and it's like oh but if we don't have I mean you had a great foundation from all your years of running halves it wasn't like you were just getting up off the couch but it still takes you want to build that mileage gradually and to train for a full versus training for a half is well I'll let you you tell us is that the same thing like is it um more than double half you know it's yeah I would
0: say more than double Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially the way I train for halves. Like I would always, you know, in in the eight weeks before a half, I, you know, do a six mile or seven mile or eight mile every Sunday, I would build up. Um, But I didn't do a ton of extra miles during the week. And I didn't really follow a plan. So it was like, you know, if I had time this week, I might do three or four or five K's. And the next week, I might only do two five K's during the week, just based on schedule. And then when I had a plan and a coach for the full, I made sure I did all my miles and I had, you know, was running four to five days a week and and was running a ton more and Mm -hmm. and enjoying it.
1: (laughs) Yes. So um, you're speaking now to like maybe some of the differences of like the way that you approach this marathon. Was there anything else that stood out as a big difference from maybe the way that you trained in the past
0: I think just uh, like uh, accountability was nice because I I just always did my runs. I wasn't about to be like, oh, I missed another run today. And, oh, Caroline, I didn't do three runs this week. So uh, I just was very consistent with my runs yeah. and got a ton of mileage in.
2: So, you know, you mentioned that you like to do halves because it was not, really that hard to fit into your lifestyle and it didn't become all consuming. And now here you are training for a marathon, (laughs) which you have just said was more than double what you had been doing for your halves. So I'm curious, you know, how, how did that go? How did your lifestyle change? How did you fit it in? What did your family think of all of this? Like what things other than running did you have to adjust when you shifted from half marathon to marathon training? Well,
0: so My kids are old enough to stay home alone. So that was huge because I could run without getting childcare. I remember having when I was training for halves and, you know, if my husband was out, I would drop the kids off at my mom's and then drive yeah. and run and then go pick them yes. up. And so the fact that they could stay home alone was huge. And then my husband actually started running with me. Ooh. Um, he runs about a couple 5Ks a week, uh, but he never ran long. And he slowly he would just we, he did a 10K with me. And then every week our long runs got longer. And he thought, oh, I'll just hang on as long as I can. And he did every single run with me, like my 21 miler, he did.
2: Wow.
0: that's amazing. Um, every Sunday. And it just became our thing. And I think that made it so much easier because I didn't have to talk myself into going for a long run. It was just like, okay, hey, tomorrow, we have to go at this time because we have this later in the day and we better make sure we have a nice dinner tonight so we can get up early and do our long run. And it became our thing we did together and it made it s- enjoyable and so much easier. And, like, I didn't feel guilty that I was, you know, maybe leaving every Saturday for three or four hours, because we just did it together. And usually, well, the kids were still sleeping.
2: (laughs) That's how blessed you are. Like, really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Not a lot of husbands would that aren't runners already would do that with their wives.
0: No, I know. He, um, he's like, he exercises and he's fit, but he always had sore back and he found that when he started running long with me his back felt way better Hmm. so that yeah so he felt like it was helping him so
1: and it was just like an unexpected perk or side effect of the training like you didn't go into it thinking oh yeah he's gonna run all the long runs with me and make this so much easier like mentally no
0: I didn't think he would at all
1: yeah like that is really unique I've never coached a client where their spouse and it's like I'm not training for marathon but I'm gonna run 21 miles with you like that's really awesome and how did it um impact his own running like you're saying now he has a better back and like what else did was he like oh maybe I am a runner
0: oh yeah like he loved it and he like he loved the challenge he didn't think he could because I had done so many half marathons and he didn't think he could do a half marathon and then after we did you know an eight miler then the next week we did an and I and then he was like okay hey, so when's the, when do you have thirteen miles on your plan? Like he was excited to hit that, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, and then now I'm like, "Oh, are you going to do a race?" He's like, "No, no, 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 no," oh, but um, okay. he still loves doing all the runs. We ran today. We ran yesterday together. So
1: amazing! Great.
0: And we both like with anyone when you go running, right? Like I didn't want to go this morning, and neither did he, but because we were like yes. both going, we both went. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, okay, that's amazing.
0: So, super fortunate.
1: Okay, so you're talking about some of the upsides of training, like having this live in <laughs> training partner that's <laughs> your speed and um, is like sort of the, you know, pulls you out the door when you don't feel like it. Like, what better could you ask for than that? Were there any wrenches thrown into the plan, or did you hit up on, on any roadblocks or things that you didn't
0: expect? I did get injured in the summer. Not that I expected it, but I knew that it was possible. And, uh, yeah, I had a a hip flexor injury, so I did have to take a few weeks off, which was hard and stressful because, you know, you're worried about falling behind on your plan. but.
2: Do you know what precipitated the hip flexor injury? Like what brought it on? Was that something that was easy to identify or was it really mysterious?
0: No, um, it was easy. We moved to the, we have a cabin and we moved to the lake um, on June 30th. And all of July I ran, we ran and my mileage increased and it was so hilly there. So every run I can't escape the hills at the lake. So it was just increased mileage and hilly on every single run when I was running, nothing but f- zero elevation gain for May and June. And then, yeah, my elevation gain was like a thousand, two thousand feet a week. So I think it was the the hills for sure.
2: Okay. So White Shell, somewhere in the White Shell. Yeah, you- big White cabin? Shell.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that
1: too much, too soon, just all of a sudden, like too many variables changed all at once. And it was like, oh no. But back to you know, we started in April and so we weren't working with this super tight timeline. So there was time to be like, okay, it's fine. Like we don't have to get worried or stressed out about this yet. Let's just do this and that. So what did you do to modify the plan to kind of maintain some of your fitness, but give the hip a break?
0: Well, I started biking. Um, I found that that was fine when I was biking. So I just did a ton of biking. Um, for a couple weeks and I did a little bit more weight training. I was kind of not doing as much strength training cause I was running so much. I, uh, added a little more strength training and then did lots of biking. Yep.
1: And it came around. So luckily it came around. So that's always like, you know, like you alluded to injuries can happen, right? Especially when you're training for your first marathon. And so it's like touch and go there for a few weeks. But then honestly, it resolved quite well with you. And I have to give you a lot of credit there because you were on it with the cross training. Um, Your husband also played a little role there. Do you want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, my husband's a physiotherapist as well. So that was huge. So he was, yeah, doing mobility and manipulations and digging the gun in there. And then, uh, yeah, so, and he, you know, was knowledgeable about what I could and couldn't do. So mm-hmm. that helped a ton. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. So we got back on track with everything and fall comes around. So the, the temperatures started to cool off when we were getting into the more serious part of the training cycle. Right. And that's the wonderful thing about running a November race, right. When we live here in Winnipeg is that September and October are, gorgeous months Perfect. to train, yeah. right? Yeah. So how did you find that when you came back from the lake work started back up again, presumably kids activities started up again and the heaviest part of marathon training, was that overwhelming?
0: No, uh, it was like exhausting for sure. <laughs> I didn't feel <laughs> too overwhelming. Um, September's crazy at work too. We do the cross country mm-hmm. and Terry Fox and all our sports startup at work and hockey trials for my kids. But we were kind of used to just making it work, and I always run in the morning, anyways. Even at the lake, we were running. We were getting up at five thirty to run before it got hot, so we kind of had to do that in September. But we were used to it, um, mm-hmm. my husband and I. So yeah, it was just it was more tiring, but definitely doable, and I, mm-hmm. it was almost just really exciting, like because I had never done that distance. So every weekend I'd have a long run and I'd be like, okay, I get, I'm going to run 18 miles. And then, oh, I'm going to run 20. And then you do it. and You'd be so proud of yourself. So it's kind of like, we we're just like looking forward to crushing goals every week. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Amazing. It's interesting you say that because that's something that's big for me. And I think you know, as an ultra runner, that's a lot of what drives us to keep going, you know, longer. Carolyn's always asking us to debate the faster versus longer area of challenging yourself. But when you do accomplish something new in any way, whether it's a, a speed, you know, PB or a distance PB, mm-hmm. it's very, very novel, right? And it's motivating and it's rewarding. So
0: for sure. Yeah. Because it's
2: uncharted territory, right? Like you're, yeah. you're
1: into it, being like, I don't really know if I can do this because I have no proof that I could, I can do this. So yes, exactly. it, it is exciting, and like some people let it grow too big, right? Like mm-hmm. let it mm-hmm. make them anxious and stressed out. But it sounds like it was almost just that perfect amount of like it's exciting. It's like I'm entering the unknown. Like very uh, the way you approached it from from your mindset seems really healthy and and good from the outside. Yeah. Do you, did you want to comment on that? Like, is that just kind of your nature, your personality to be like, all right, here we go into the unknown.
0: Or, uh... <laughs> um, <laughs> I think so. Like I, I, that's what I love about running. You're always like, every time you crush a run, whether it's, it's minus 30 and you got out there and did it, like you always feel really proud of yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I always get that way when I run and I don't find running terribly easy. <laughs> like I, oh, I, people talk about all these easy runs. And I'm like, it's still hard for me, yes. but I do it. And, um, I'm always kind of proud of myself. So, yeah. Yeah. and I think having my husband, there was one run, I had a 16 miler in September and he was on a fishing trip. And I had to do it by myself. And it took me like several hours mm. to get out the door. <laughs> and I was <laughs> messaging random people, seeing if they could run part of it with me. And then finally, I just went out and did it. And I had a great run. But uh-huh. it took me a while to get out the door by myself that time, for sure.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we're approaching the New York City full marathon here. And you have done many, many, many halves and more as part of your training for your buildup to... New York City marathon, but um, if I'm correct, you actually did the WFPS half marathon three weeks out from New York City, not tapered, kind of just as part of your normal training plan, Um, and you did really, really well at it. So I'm curious what it was like and maybe what your coach told you as a mindset going into this race as part of your build and not tapered for a marathon. So, like what were your goals and then how did it turn out?
0: So, I was hoping to run a personal best. I hadn't run a personal best in about 7 years. But I didn't I wasn't running a ton of fast miles and I didn't know if my my, you know, personal best half marathon pace if I could run that. I knew I I, you know, I had a lot of base mileage and I had a good good base um and
2: you'd over distanced in in a lot of yes, training, right? for sure and I
0: ran it my 21 miler the weekend before so I was hoping to run a personal best And I thought I'll just go out and do it and see what happens and if I don't do it it's okay you know I didn't taper I usually That's taper hard. and wow. so um and yeah I just went hard and I ran a personal best
1: I did not okay in all of this and again I I was coaching you I knew your personal best and everything I did not realize it was from 7 years ago
0: Yeah oh well, actually maybe 8
1: Wow. So uh, now my jaw is just on the floor. I'm like even more impressed that you were able to do it because, again, from my lens, I didn't want to get your hopes up that, oh, yeah, you're totally going to go out there and like gu- I guarantee you're going to run a, a half marathon. I feel like it could have gone either way. Like you could have gone out there and because you're coming with so much of a bigger base and like all these extra miles, like I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised that you PB'd, but I didn't want to have you expecting that you're going to PB. So it was kind of one of those. But yeah, if right. I had have known that the PB was from seven years ago, I may have <laughs> changed the my weight of what I would have expected to happen that day. But, but maybe it's a good thing you didn't.
2: Like she went in there completely yeah. no pressure, completely yeah, no expectation. I did, yeah. And, you know, how much did that, you know, work Free in her favor yeah, versus, yeah. you know, not being tapered and maybe, you know, needing peaking essentially at this point. Right.
1: And, and the having had done the 21 miler before before. I was like, you know, you're
2: probably not really
1: even recovered from the 21 miler. And here we go on the half marathon. So yeah, for me, it could have gone either way, but walk us through what actually happened that day. Like how did the race unfold for you?
0: It was hard the whole time. Um I knew my pace um, that I had to run if I wanted to PB. So I was, you know, trying to, trying to keep that going the whole time. And I just remember my hamstrings and my glutes were so sore from the first mile on, but like not like an injury sore, but just like, holy, I am, uh, yeah, going to the well. And I just, I actually was like right behind the 150 pace bunny. And there was a big group in front of me, and I just couldn't catch them the whole time. So I, yeah, I felt like I was running solo a lot of it. But I was just really excited to to run a PB. So I just held on, and it was so hard, but so exciting and rewarding at the same time. yes
1: <laughs> So you finished in one fifty one thirty eight, right? So so you're with the pace. You could probably see the one fifty pace bunny always, right? Yes, right, up ahead, and so. What was your personal best before that? Like how much of a personal best was it? It
0: was uh 152.02. So
1: Okay. So like 20 24 seconds?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> 24 seconds. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. Well, now so we mentioned this was three weeks out from New York City. So talk to us about the the recovery from the half and kind of your mindset and how did your body feel going into New York City?
0: So then after the half, I was quite sore and my hip was bugging me a little bit, and a diff- my other hip. <laughs> so it wasn't my hip flexor from the summer. It was just uh, on my left side. And so I was a little bit worried about that, but I rested a bit more. You were like, you know what, you've run enough, you know, you're tapering. So whatever you do now, you don't really need to worry about. So we, mm-hmm. we took it a bit easier um, in the last three weeks just to rest my hip a little bit. And uh, I was just, yeah, really excited to take a stab at the full. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So did you have any, it's always so interesting with first marathons. Like you don't want to go in with too many rigid goals, right? Because anything can happen. So did you have time goals, execution goals, anything on your radar of how you wanted this race to unfold?
0: Usually I go up pretty hard in a half, like I go up fast and I finish slow and I always have a positive split. Cause I just, Think that I'm going to be tired at the end anyway, so I think I should bank time, even Mm -hmm. though all the research says you shouldn't, but I always think (laughs) I should. Um, So for the marathon, my goal was to start slow and just finish strong and feel good for the whole time or feel as good as you can. I hear so many stories about people's marathons where they crash and burn at mile 20 or mile 18 or mile 22. So I really didn't want that to happen. So I just thought, I've just done a PB and a half. I don't have to have any crazy expectations for my first full. Um, I'm just going to try to run a nice, even pace the whole time. And I did want to run sub 430. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of my back of the mind.
2: Yeah, you always have a little like, you know, I would be disappointed if I didn't do this. Right, right? exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, so... Did anything unexpected happen? Like, did it happen exactly as you pictured? Or was there some things that happened that didn't fit with your mental image of how the race was going to go?
0: Well, I knew it would be hilly. And so many people said, you know, it's hilly because you go over all these bridges. And I knew that going in. And I hate hills. But I knew um, I was mentally prepared for that. But I will say they were harder than I thought. And it was so hot and humid and I was not prepared and even the day before you know if it's on the news and you're yeah. seeing it on Instagram and my husband and I are like well how hot can it be like how humid could it really be in November in New York like I was thinking okay if it's plus 22 like that's okay I've ran in that all summer but right. the humid it was so humid I was shocked
1: yes so what did that feel like I mean paint us a picture because we weren't used to the humidity. Like, yeah, maybe we would have had some days that were 21, 22, but not with humidity, right? So you wrote on Instagram afterwards, it was, oh my gosh, that was so hot, so hilly, so humid, so epic or something, right? So (laughs) what did that that humidity feel like that day?
0: Yeah, like even in the start village, you know, you're supposed to bring extra clothes to stay warm. While I brought extra clothes, we were all sweating and (laughs) <laughs> donating her clothes instantly and trying to find shade and I was pretty soaked before I even started the race just from oh sitting God. outside and then I ran there's two levels to the the first mile is uphill on the on this bridge and I ran on the lower level of the bridge so it's like enclosed Yes. so I was just dripping from the first mile it was so humid on that bridge and I had sunglasses and they fogged up and I couldn't Dry them because all my clothes were wet from the
2: humidity but um that's not like it's november it's new york we're not talking about new orleans we're talking about right? new york which is like northern united states buffalo new york's getting snow usually right. in november december yeah yeah exactly is that unusual like is new york city marathon usually that hot and humid i'm asking for a friend here mm,
0: no <laughs> no. <laughs> no okay and i Good. would check the weather and i think it was about plus 10 Celsius, like for us was the typical New York marathon weather. So yeah, 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 it was crazy. And they actually changed like their race flags. Like green is safe for runners. They changed it to yellow, like slow your pace because it was so humid. Like the marathon organizers.
1: That's what I was going to say, because you said you were starting to see some stuff on Instagram and so had I, right? Like I was watching on, of course I knew you were running and I'm like, oh my gosh, like does she have electrolytes on the radar? Like these were things that we weren't necessarily like putting a huge emphasis on, but all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh. So what did you change given your knowledge of the weather forecast?
0: So I was not going to take electrolytes. I just thought, Mm -hmm. you know, I had my gels and water. And then when I spoke to you, you're like, you should really consider it. So I started and then it was so hot that I took electrolytes and water at every water station. Awesome. Um, And I drank more water than I ever have and ever thought I would. And definitely needed it because I didn't feel like I usually feel, you know, you feel full and heavy when you have too much water. But I took it at every single water station and and it. Probably helped.
2: <laughs> before we get too far into how the race unfolded in the latter half for you, I understand you had some maybe mildly stressful things before you even started. Tell us about your passport story. <laughs> yes. I, I, I a story here we need to hear.
0: So, um, months before the race, we make sure we have our passports, and uh, my husband and I were traveling together. Our kids were not coming to New York. So, we both have ours and there you know, not expired. We're good to go. And then we renewed our kids' passports in August because um, theirs were coming up at the end of the year. So I thought we'd renew theirs. So my husband did all that, mailed it away. And then a week before the marathon, I was like, can you just grab the passports out and see our American money and just check what we need to do this week? And he grabbed our passports and it was his passport and my daughter's passport. So he had sent Her renewal form and he instead of mailing back her passport for her passport renewal he accidentally mailed mine with her
2: oh no so it's
0: like sunday we're leaving friday and my passport is in quebec at the passport office
2: oh my okay i'm having a heart attack here because i just submitted my son's passports in july and just got them now it's december like oh my goodness and not to make this all about anyone but you Sarah but like the same
1: thing happened for us last March break and we my son and I couldn't go on our March break trip so my husband and daughter went on their March break trip and we couldn't go because my son's passport hadn't been mailed back to us like four months earlier
2: how how did you end (laughs) up in New York like this this has got to be a miracle of a century
0: so my husband spent all day on the phone trying to get mine back and they just they just didn't know if they could get it to me in time so they're saying to apply for a new urgent one saying that mine's lost. So then Monday after work I race there and apply for a new one saying I'm traveling Friday and they said we can give it to you Thursday. And I'm like, "Can I please have it before Thursday?" And they said, "No, we can only issue issue it the day before you fly." Oh. So then, okay, guaranteed and my husband can pick it up. Cause I had to, I had to work and they said, yeah, he can pick it up. So I had to sign something, allowing him to pick it up Thursday at two o'clock. And then Tuesday they called me and said, we don't want to issue you a new one. We want to try to find yours. Cause it looks bad if you report your passport lost. And I'm thinking, well, it's not really lost. Like you guys have it. Like, hey. <laughs> So then they're like, we're just going to try to find your old one. And I'm like, I just, I just want a new one. Cause I'm worried that I'm not going to get the old one. And so we were kind of on the phone with them every day, all week. And then finally they're like, we're not going to get your old one in time. We're just going to give you a new one and not put that last strike on your file. So I yeah. ended up getting it Thursday at two o'clock to fly out Friday morning. <laughs> Thank goodness.
1: Oh, I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of your husband. Like, did he feel <laughs> like, not that he should feel bad because like accidents happen, but like, was he like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like what an
0: innocent he mistake. You should sabotaged your entire race. Unknowingly. He felt so bad. And it's actually like he's it's very out of character for him. Like he's very organized. He's never misplaces anything. So and my daughter and I look alike. (laughs) So a couple days later when we were kind of able to laugh at it, he was like, well, I guess it's because you guys look so much alike. I just put the wrong passport in. like, nice try. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So that
1: wasn't the end of the travel stress though, was it? So I think we had been in communication that week and, and you told me this and I was like, oh my God. And I was concerned for you because that's a lot of stress before you're about to go do a really stressful thing. And I'm like, how are you doing? And anything I, can do to help and and then then your actual travel came more stress what happened there
0: so we had a 7 a.m flight to new york and we got up at whatever 4 a.m you know have a coffee and and i got up and went down poured myself a coffee and opened my phone and i had a message from air canada saying your flight is cancelled there's a maintenance issue your flight is cancelled we'll try to find a new flight for you
2: Oh my goodness.
0: We'll try. (laughs) Yes. And they're like, yeah, we're working on finding a new flight for you. And I'm looking obviously on the air Canada website and there's no flights available. So I'm panicking. So then I start looking WestJet and Delta and I find a Delta flight with a crappy connection, but I find one that's leaving even earlier. So I say to my husband, we got to go right now. So I like quickly changed. And of course, My running stuff is in his carry on and I only have one seat on this flight now. So I have to like repack our bags. I'm like, I don't need shampoo and toiletries. I'm just going to bring my gels. Like I just need those and my running gear. And we kind of repack our carry ons and he's like, I'll just try to come tomorrow. And we brought all his stuff to the airport though. And I'm like, just try to come today. And as we were driving to the airport, I found him a flight on a separate flight but it was first class and it was so expensive so that was hard but I was like I just really want you there so we he paid a fortune to fly first class and of course I was like back of the plane in a middle seat because (laughs) I bought mine first and then he got to fly first class.
1: (laughs) Wait why did you have to pay anything? They canceled your
0: flight. So they canceled my flight and they rebooked it for Sunday afternoon after the marathon. So they'll refund your flight, but if for you to fly there, you ha- you have to like I had to book my own. You still had so, to
2: buy your own flight, yeah. Yeah.
0: So now I'm like currently going through the process of trying to get like a reimbursement, but it's a huge headache.
1: Oh my god! So I'm not saying this lightly. Like this is a lot of stress to have before a big race. Yeah, like how did huge? You, and and you strike me as a very chill person like that can just let things roll off of you but like did it ever did you ever feel like you got to a like (laughs) critical threshold with this yes
0: I did I wasn't (laughs) sleeping well and I honestly got this crazy knot in my back and it got worse throughout the week where I was like starting to feel this like pain down my arm and so my husband was like working on that and even like on the flight and I got to New York and he was like you made it like who thought getting to New York would be the hardest part. And I was just like, so worried about this knot and how am I going to be able to run a marathon with this knot in my back? So he was like manipulating my back, you know, every couple hours in New York. And uh, so that happened and I called it the passport knot.
2: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Oh my. But you know what? Okay. You, You just said something that is sticking with me. Your husband said, look, you made it to New York. That's the hardest part. Now you just get to celebrate and just just run, right? So were you able to do that? Were you able to just shake it off and just enjoy the run? Or yeah. could it take you know fourteen miles before you could do that.
0: <laughs> no, by the time I, you know that was, I got there Friday and I was kind of grumpy and tired and stressed. And then by the time I woke up Saturday and we went to the expo and it was so exciting and I bought some swag and I got my number and it was beautiful. Like we were in a tank top and sandals. Like felt like a nice little holiday. And I was yeah. Then at that point I was just super excited. Uh.
1: And I have to think too, that in some ways, like you've got the hot and humid weather forecast, and now you've got this like crazy travel story and the knot in your neck and and shoulder and everything, it's almost like frees you up to like, there were no expectations on your performance at that point. And in a way that's a little bit liberating. Like, is that the way it felt for
0: you? Yes, definitely. And I think just it being um, my first marathon and it being a tough course, like anyone that runs marathons was like, why are you doing New York for your first one? Like, that's a tough course. And I'm just like, oh, I don't care. I just want to go to New York and run a marathon. Right. So that definitely like took the pressure off. Like if it was a fast and flat and perfect conditions, I would have put a lot more pressure on myself for an arbitrary time goal for sure.
2: (laughs) So how did the race play out? Like, let's now go back, (laughs) back to where we took a little segue into the travel conversation. You're now running, it's hot, it's humid. You're, you know, um, soaked in sweat. How did the race (laughs) play out for you?
0: You know what? It was, it was amazing. Like I, I was, I couldn't believe how many people I knew there was 50,000 runners and I knew there was 2 million spectators, but I couldn't believe that the, the pack of us runners didn't never really thin out. Um, but it was not in a negative way. Like it was just cool and exciting and the signs I would see and there was bands and we'd ran past this church in Brooklyn and there was the whole choir on the front steps. Oh singing my. for us, and Like it was unreal. And yeah, and I, I was really um, taking it easy so I didn't die at the end. So I was running at a, a comfortable pace and I felt really good in the first Two hours flew by, and I'm like, I can't believe I've been running for two hours. Like, this is a blast. So I, it was a really enjoyable experience. Do
1: you ever? Did you ever get like emotional? I'm trying to think. Like with all those people and all that energy, and then you hear like bands singing. I don't know. Like, is it a, a bit of an emotional roller coaster
0: at all? For sure, yes. And yeah. I'm my daughter was at her grandparents, and they were tracking me, and so she was messaging me like holy mom, you're halfway. I'm so proud of you. And that was coming up on my watch. So um, I could read those while I was running. So that was for sure making me emotional. And then my, I got to see my husband at mile 17 and I stopped for a quick hug. And then there was a girl beside him and she's like, can I take your guys' picture? I'll text it to you. So she took a picture oh, for us. Oh. And and then he ran to again to about mile 22. So I got to see him again. Um, so yeah. And then when I finished, for sure, <laughs> it was emotional yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah. Now talk to us about, there's like, uh, New York is known for all these bridges, right? You said you went over the one at the beginning and you were on the bottom and there was like other people on the top. And do they do that for you? Do you know, is it like random? Do you get to choose? It's random.
0: They just tell you like you're... They just tell you.
1: Okay. Okay. So lots of bridges throughout the course. So when you're on the bridges, my understanding is there's zero spectators on the bridges, but then you've got these 2 million people on the sidelines. So how did... That must have been like a huge contrast, right, of the quietness on the bridges. Or was it quiet on the bridges and then hearing all the people Well,
0: off? I kept hearing that as well. Um, and then even people saying, like, don't wear headphones in New York, but you, you're on a bridge for a whole mile or two. You might want your headphones for that little part because it's so quiet. But I found because there were so many runners that yeah. it wasn't th- like it was quiet compared to like First Avenue, but there was enough runners and enough, you know, people talking to each other while they were running that um I didn't find it that quiet. <laughs>
2: like not Manitoba quiet. Like when you no. run across the Manitoba Bridge, it's quiet. <laughs> but yeah. not
0: in New York. Yeah, because <laughs> I was still with yeah. you know a thousand runners yeah. in a pack. So
2: Oh that's so yeah. surreal to even picture. Oh yeah. what a special experience.
0: Yeah.
1: So, okay. You said your daughter writes you, you couldn't believe you'd been running for two hours. Your daughter's like, oh my gosh, mom, like texting you and like, I'm so proud of you. And that was coming up. That's really, really fun. But um, you went through your halfway split. You said you're taking it easy. So you went through your halfway and I was tracking you. So I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you went through halfway. You'd wanted the 4.30 or just under 4.30 and you go through half at (laughs) 2.14.49. And I was like- "Why?" She follows instructions very well. <laughs> and, but keep this in in mind. like you had just run the one fifty one half marathon, so to run over twenty minutes or whatever slower it should have felt easy, like even right. with the heat, right? So you how did it feel? like when you got to halfway, were you like, "Oh my God, how am I ever gonna do this again? Or are you like, "I know I can do this again?
0: no, i I' definitely thought I can do this. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Okay.
1: Wonderful. So, um, what was the second half of the race? Like you, you went into it, you know, beyond mile 21, you were entering the unknown, which is exciting for you. Right. But was there ever like part of you that was like, I keep hearing about this wall. I don't want to hit this wall. Am I going to hit this wall? Like, did you ever kind of come up against where it got really, really difficult and you thought you weren't going to be able to finish?
0: No, um, I felt I, no, I knew I'd finish. I started to worry about this, the four thirty time goal. Cause I knew if I, you know, kept that pace, it would be like to the second. Exactly. So I really wanted to try to like, cause I, I knew I could finish, but I thought I might slow down. Right. You know, even at mile 24, I might start to slow down and I knew I kind of had to hold that pace to get the, the, the sub four thirty. So that was right. playing on me for sure. And I think because it was so hot and maybe just the time and the wave I was in, everyone was walking (laughs) and I was trying to like, even pick up the pace a little bit after mile 22. And it was just, there were so many people and everyone was walking and it was, it was a little bit frustrating because I thought, why aren't you moving over? Like you're all runners. Like why aren't you kind of moving to the sides to let us people that yeah. are still running? But I think it was just there's so many people there walking more for, them to, there more for yeah. them to go. Yeah,
2: yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey.
1: And so did you find that? I don't know. Did you find that frustrating, or were you just like, this is so cool to be here with this many people? Like that, there's not many races where you're going to experience that level of congestion. Right. at The end of a race.
0: Found it frustrating and a little bit shocking because even as we got to mile twenty four and twenty five, they were still walking. I'm thinking like, finish strong. We have a mile to go. And I think because I still felt good, I was like, how are you all walking? Like we can see the finish line. And there was this another girl that like I didn't talk to, but we were running together and we were weaving through. And I was like, sticking my arm in between people so they could see me coming. And like, can I please get in between you guys? And because oh I knew I was like seconds from a sub 430. So I I was a little bit frustrated and just kind of shocked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So you went through it. We talked about your halfway and in just under to 15. And so to hold that pace, you'd get your sub 430, and you were 429.56, like almost perfectly pancake even splits from the first <laughs> half to the second, even though you were bobbing and weaving between all these people that were walking, that you probably literally ran longer than a half marathon in the second half.
0: Right. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, um, what did you feel when you crossed the finish line like what were the emotions that came over you like right when you when you're like I just ran a freaking marathon like how did that feel
0: I was so happy I was happy to be done I was so happy mm-hmm. and I honestly didn't know if I was at like four thirty or 430, yeah. 10 mm-hmm. like and my husband was tracking me and he texted me like right away so Kind of within twenty seconds of crossing the line, he was like, four twenty nine fifty six and then I was so, so happy That's to be stuck for <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, and that
1: must have been such a special uh reunion with him at the end, but I believe you're like still contained within a little athlete.
0: Area, yeah, so you have uh, to walk a little bit forever to, yeah. to get out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But he, uh, somebody took a picture of you at the finish line with like the New York skyscrape in the, in the background. And you had a little piece of paper, like you'd taken this piece of paper out of your pocket and you were holding it up. So tell us a little bit about what was on that piece of paper that you carried with you during the entire marathon.
0: So I wrote down um, every single person that donated to um, Cure Mm -hmm. Epilepsy and I wrote it on a piece of paper. So I had all their names with me to kind of help me get across the finish line. I'm going to (laughs) cry. That's
2: awesome. That's awesome. So that was a way to celebrate. Did you do anything else to celebrate after? Yeah, I
0: think I felt pretty good. and I was pretty high on life. So um, actually, my mom and my aunt, my mom's sister and my cousin flew to New York and they were at the finish line. So I met up with my husband and then we met up with them and we went out for drinks and then we went out for dinner and we just had so much fun that night. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. I can just, and you had some great um, updates on social media. It looked like you were all living it up in New York and that was so fantastic to see. Um, you know, looking back, what did you, what were your biggest lessons from this entire first marathon, you know, the the training cycle or the marathon itself? What do you feel like you learned the most about yourself or um, did it deepen in, deep in your relationship with running did it make you hungry for more like
0: definitely made me hungry for more <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. good and i always say like if you run a huge positive split sometimes people are like never again like yeah. i hate the marathon it is not for me so i'd rather someone finish their first one being like i nailed it there i know there's more in the tank for so sure. is that kind of how you finished it
0: yeah that's exactly how i how i felt and i felt like I probably had a little more in the tank on that day and I'm not disappointed, but, um, so I'm like, okay, hey, I want to run a fast and flat one. I want to run a flat one and see what I can do for time.
2: So what is that happening this year? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I,
0: uh, applied for Chicago cause it's flat and, um, I got in on December 8th. I found out I got in through the lottery. So I'm wow. running Chicago next, uh, October.
2: You're going to like check off the world majors, like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah.
1: no, kidding. no kidding. Yeah. And at the time of this recording, that was only three days ago. So this news is still really, really fresh and very okay. exciting. And yes. I think you will have a great experience in Chicago because, again, like the training environment that you have here, here, not at the cabin, right, um, is is very similar to what you'll experience on the streets of of Chicago. So that's always nice, right? When it when it's easier to kind of mimic the conditions of the race that you're going to, like right here in your hometown. So
0: for sure. That
1: is awesome. That is so super exciting. Okay. So we are heading into our end of the podcast questions. So number one, Sarah, do you have a favorite running mantra?
0: Um I would say finish strong because I ran so many half marathons, not finishing strong. So now it's my new, I finally believe in the negative split and it's my new goal to finish strong always.
2: Love it. Do you have a favorite place to run?
0: I would say Birds Hill Park. Um, Mm. My husband and I have been going there since we were in high school and we take our kids there. And I just love that there's no red lights and you can pretty much do any distance, You can do, you know, the big loop and add the group use and you can, whatever you're on your training plan, you can hit at Bird's Hill. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you get a little bit of hills there too, like compared to in the city, right? So awesome. Okay. Do you have a race on your bucket list?
0: Uh, The Chicago Marathon. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Cannot wait for you to run that.
2: (laughs) How about favorite book or movie? Um, my
0: favorite running book, I recently read uh, Dina Castor's book, like, mm-hmm. Let Your Mind Run, and it's all about positive thinking. And it was just so well written and so many good ideas in there that um, I can use for running and for everyday life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're yeah. in good company with that answer. I love that. We should do a book club on that book.
2: Right? <laughs> you know, you've read it? It's got to be the most mentioned book on this podcast. Really? Okay. okay. It's so I good. I think
1: so. Yeah. Like that one in Born to Run probably, yeah. Are, yeah. which is You're which right. is saying a lot because I think Dina's book just came out in like 2018 or 2019. Like it's relatively new compared to Born to Run, right? Which is right. like a, so, a
2: decade yeah.
0: like 12 old, five, but I would yeah. say
1: those are the, definitely the two most mentioned ones. And and Let Your Mind Run was my answer too on our very first episode. So, okay. Uh, final question. Do you have a favorite post-run in
0: I would say peanut butter (laughs) pre-run and post-run.
1: Wrong with the TV? That's awesome. All right. Okay, well, Sarah, thank you so much. It was really, really fun. to. I knew a lot of that. But it was really fun to hear it in like one condensed um, hour chunk. And I think um, you probably are inspiring a lot of people to sign up for the New York City Marathon. And it's, it's, it's awesome to know that there's, um, you know, a way to get in like to run that. Um, actually, let's close the loop on the charity. Like, so you've finish fully finished the fundraising you raised over five thousand dollars was there any like final thing that they did with you like because it was a whole team of people raising for that same charity like how much did they raise in total do you know
0: i don't know the total amount they actually kept it open they're keeping it open till the end of december oh, so i think right. after that and then they're apparently gonna use those dollars for something and let us know where the money's going and oh, stuff that's so that's right. really neat yeah yeah yeah
1: Okay. Well, if you want to run the New York City Marathon someday, it's like Brittany runs a marathon. (laughs)
2: Sarah Sarah
1: runs a marathon and you too could run the New York City Marathon uh, sometime. And I'm sure it will not be as hot and humid as it was this year. So thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us. It was a lot of fun.
0: Thank you so much for having me.